I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Hello, and welcome to another installment of Footy Prime, the podcast. The show that's all about men and their doings on on the pitch and running and kicking on the football field, grass, grounds, etc. I'll introduce Mr. Danny Dickie Dicchio, sounds Italian, uh, Mr. Gregory Forrest, as well as Mr. James Huckleberry Rowntree Sharman III, who, as I'm told, makes a delicious pie. I tell you, I wouldn't mind a bit of his crust. So please stay around and listen to your heart's content to the show about football and whatnot, and earn as well as Dan Wong, one of the help. Uh, enjoy, and let's get this party started. I'll have another sherry! Thank you, Nigel. That was outstanding. Just outstanding. Nigel who? Nigel, Nigel. Uh, okay. Just Nigel, Nigel. Nigel, pass me the sherry. Yes. Sherry! Another sherry, please. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to Footy Prime, the podcast. Uh, Jeff Cole, you crushed it once again. You crushed it once again. You're not even here right now. Not that here is anywhere, because clearly we're doing this online. <laughs> not breaking any rules there. No, we're not all right. Yeah, it's a little bit harder to do it online, but we're, we're getting there. We're I can, getting I can hear you guys fine. Sounding clearer and clearer. Oh, can you hear my dog in the dog? background? Yeah. Reggie, shut up. The one-legged dog. Free legs. That, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> that's right. The free leg. The... One, one back leg. Sorry. Or is it front? Front. Front. Left or Top. right? Fucking hell. Are you a copper? <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder which way he falls over. <laughs> Topples. Left. Topples. Imagine just... that, listener. Uh, a uh, English bulldog. Yeah he's, yeah, he's like an old English bulldog. So old he's bigger. He's, he's, like a, he's like a pit. Yeah. Same as a pit. He's doing? a big, strong boy, though. <laughs> You're so proud of him. I you? am proud of him. If I can see a three-legged, three-legged dog walk, <laughs> walk in, walk on ice, or run on ice, easier to run, oh, eh? See that. Um, what does he weigh? <laughs> he's about, I'd say, eighty-five. Jesus. Yeah, he's a strong boy. Good boy. We love dogs here. Yeah. And he's got a pretty small bark for a big old eighty-five uh, <laughs> pound bulldog. Bit like Jeff Cole. <laughs> can he strike a ball? No. It got me thinking, though, listening to the opener there, um, you know, you, you know who the impersonation that that English top, we all know them, we've all, well, Beach and I probably grew up with them at times. You know them from your time over there, there Craig. Was there one, like, executive at any club you played that was really epitomized the old English gentleman yeah. twat? Yeah. The Cobble family, the uh, ones that own Ipswich. 
Old English. Yeah, cobbles. I thought it was Sheepshanks that owned Ipswich. Uh, that was after the cobbles. Ah. Yeah. Did the cobbles own it for, and they were the beer maker of the area. You know, everybody had. Yeah. And the local the breweries. And they yeah. basically had a monopoly on that local area. That was them. But they went, like, they had, yeah, they owned big estate homes and stuff like that in Suffolk. And Did they supply all the beer as the concessions? Yeah. Well, John Gulp cobbled. They're all alcoholics for the most part. Died of alcoholism. Good they own castles, stuff like that. Well, estates, you know, not necessarily no, what, like it, castles. Give but, me an estate. Where's an estate? Well, it'd be like one of those old English four-story, you know, Casaloma, Warwick yeah, Castle, just big prop, just a big property. Didn't have a moat around it. it was with that stable at this place? Oh yeah. Did they hunt foxes? With oh, for sure. Croquet, oh, yeah. croquet, yeah. pheasants, I, and all Dan that. likes a good old stable. Who yeah. doesn't like a good old stable? In was fact, he was, he, was it Cobble was like, he was so well-liked when Bobby Robson and they were winning, you know, they're one of the best in the country. So he was invited to the PFA event to be the guest speaker. Like, he was that good. Trouble is, by the time, you know how that evening goes, geez, lots of drinking. And he's already an, like an alcoholic. By the time he did his speech... Bobby Robson introduced him. He got up to the podium and just toppled backwards. That's it. Give it, yeah. Didn't give say it, a freaking word. Give it the old Wayne, uh, the yeah. old Wayne Gretzky. And you can imagine every all the lads, right? There's like how many people there? There's a few thousand footballers there. They just, well, that was it. Was he uh, Was he the old tough? Was that him, or was it just part of his crew? The way he spoke, and was he Jeff Cole in the opener there? Oh no, he would be like Jeff Cole, like that. Yeah, yeah very much. Yeah. Was was Sheepshanks as well, uh, old money, old gentleman as well, Craig, or was he like a UR Ipswich guy? No, no, yeah, UR, yeah, UR tractor, tractor farm boy. He came from a a well-to-do, average background. Yeah, yeah. I never, no, I never played for uh, a club that had any of those toffs, like gentlemen. Mm -hmm. They kind of branched out maybe towards like the cricket. And maybe even rugby ownership, but most of That's the true. most of the footballing owners that I played for were either guys that were from the community that had earned a lot of money through whether it be car ownerships or I don't know, some kind of business that was a success in that area, and their their dream was to buy their local football club, yeah. and they were seen as heroes that yeah, way. They're worth about forty fifty million or yeah. something like that. But nowadays, like you've gone to totally different owners now. Like I watched the Spurs show, as I told you, the All for One. And you look at Daniel Levy when he talks; he's very well to do. But he's from like rich Jewish money from back in the day as well. And I just don't see many of those owners. I mean, look at a Newcastle owner. What's his name? Ashley. Right. He's mm-hmm. a proper car salesman, but he's earned his money from back in the day. That made his money legitimately, right? But he always felt second best and downtrodden by the upper classes. He couldn't get into that rich, exclusive club and it's big chip in his shoulder. Mm. That's the Mike Ashley story, I hope. That'll yeah. be told one day. Yeah. Just not part of the club. Yeah. But really wants to be part of it. Well, well, I don't know. Does he? Does he want to? Maybe it? not. Yeah, maybe he doesn't. I think he wants I mean, out that, now. Because there is a. There is definitely a, a, a class 
distinction like in in England. There it still exists. You're it's born. Not, it's, what you're yeah. Born into. So you unless you're born in the family that is has a bloodline that's long, it's hard. It's hard for you know you're you're put in a box pretty quickly. The Dickios were they upstairs or downstairs? <laughs> downstairs. <laughs> There's no way. I mean, no, we were upstairs. We we were lived up, we lived in an upstairs flat where I grew up. <laughs> yeah. What about the Dickios though before? That, 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 that generation in were, Italy were they, the helpers and the, the maids downstairs well, or were they uh, the no. inhabitants of the mansion upstairs my Italian family from really like a poor area of Italy down south which is very very like working class and that's why my, my non or my granddad had to move up to Milan so we have family in Milan and we have family down south as well but there is a huge divide similar to England as well Craig where south in, in England is very prosperous and People think that's where civilization lives. No, because the north is very industrious and working class as well. Not to say there's not working class down in London, but they have their nose turned uh, a certain way and and look down on the people from up north who are very genuine, um, down-to-earth, hard-working people that that, that live their life in a a very, very good way. East Coasters in Canada, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. So, you know, you look at them and you go there, and you know, or even like, I mean, Manitoba is a fantastic province as far as people go. Like, they're kind of like that. That would be kind of northern England, I would say. I, I grew up, and my mate's uh, grandma was real southerner, and, and she didn't think anything good happened north of Watford. Yeah, that was it. That's exactly Scam, why the, that's, that's why the northerners don't like this. Yeah, and it was sad. I mean, I mean. I love going to the north of England. It's my favorite part of England, actually. I love the, the Lake District. I love the, the Pennines, you know, yep. the Dales. I love it up there, and I love the people as well. It's, it is so different. Then you go to a town like Liverpool, where, again, it's very, very different. They don't consider themselves even English. They're, they're a nation unto themselves, right? Yeah. They're like the Texans of, uh, yeah, exactly. of England. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fascinating. But, but actually, here in Canada, I've, I've seen it kind of – I've been here 13 years now, and I've seen how it's gradually – not gotten similar to to what we're talking about, but there's there's a lot of hate towards people from Toronto, or dislike. I wouldn't call it hate, but dislike. Oh yeah, from people from other cities. It's a big rich city, right? Yeah. I know always, that that's always been that way. Yeah, it's always been like oh, that. Yeah, growing up out west, it was always a Toronto people to see themselves. TSN used to be called the yeah the Toronto sports. Ah, same for you as well, Dan, in Montreal and Ottawa. Oh well. I think it's broken. Oh, there we go. It's working. Um, there he is. Talking about that again. <laughs> no, like, so Craig was saying, even when he was growing up in BC. Uh, it was, I don't know. It was, Toronto was big and bad, but it wasn't as crazy as it is now. Meaning, Toronto is so Toronto-centric, and everyone who lives outside of it now feels that way. But... Back then, I don't think we felt that way. You didn't? We did out west. Because oh, we had Montreal and Ottawa were so close. But like Montreal sees yeah, itself yeah. as being something very separate from it. It from does. Canada, yeah. right? It doesn't. I don't think Montreal cares because everyone loves Montreal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's weird. You don't hear people going, oh, Montreal. And Montreal was the place, right? That's where everyone was. Toronto only came up big in the 60s, mm-hmm. right? Everyone was in Montreal. That's where all the big business was. Yeah, it was the biggest city in the Canada. <clears throat> That's right. Yeah. Couldn't even hang on to their baseball team. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Ooh. No. Great hat, Did you hear about their, um, great hat. About their football team being rebranded? The foot? Today. Yep. 
Montreal Clubfoot, I'm going to call him from now. <laughs> is that what it's called? It's the, I haven't seen Montreal, it, no. The club de foot. So basically, footy club, I guess, will be the comparison, right? Footy and club, foot will be the French version. Club de foot. Uh, I've never, I've never no one even says foot like that, I didn't think. The impact is dead, do. though. The impact's dead. It's gone. Really? Charms is upset. So there, there must have been a lot of humor towards this today, all over social media. Social media. media um, there was anger from Montreal. Yeah, I can and see And laughter that. from everywhere else. Yeah. Now, I don't mind a rebrand. It doesn't bother me. And even Club de Football Montreal would be just fine. But And again, I haven't done enough research. And my French is non-existent. Um, but Club de Foot, that's not a, that's a short form for football or drug, right? A drive yes. of football. Yes. So footy. Like, imagine being a footy club. Well, we have a French-speaking person yeah. here. I don't know that. You don't know, right? No? But that's it's, it's just a weird, isn't it? I I didn't know. I don't think my mic's working, so no, I don't know. Dan, <laughs> Dan doesn't know his mic's not working. Although, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, it's just yeah. So the impact's now gone, and like I said, I don't want to rebrand, but it's gonna be weird for some of those uh, long-time impact fans. Yeah. But let's be honest, the impact was a dumb name, like most names yeah. in North America. We've argued over this before. I have no idea why they're called that. I don't know the history behind it. I know they've got obviously a lot more history than Toronto and they've been around for a long, long time. So Perhaps Wonga, as he's not doing anything right now, can uh, look it up. The origins of Montreal Impact. I just think these rebrands are going a little bit too far now. I heard Chicago are rebranding again this year. They, From fire to something else? No, they just rebranded last year with the logo and badge, which was terrible. And now they're doing it again this year. New name though, or just this? I, I don't know if it's going to be a new name. I'm not 100 percent sure on it. But and then there's talk about Inter Miami possibly having to change their name now because uh, they're in a lawsuit or something with Inter Milan. Oh, really? Yeah. So really, what likeness? Well, it but is Milan and Miami. I mean, yeah, but it's still does, does Inter Milan International yeah. Milan have? Well, uh, it's interesting because everybody uses that. United. Yeah, exactly, right? But if you yeah. said United, what would you think? Yeah, you're right. Right? Scunthorpe. Right. Peterborough. <laughs> <laughs> Colchester. But you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just amazing how many teams are called United. But you think that there's only one man United. Now. But Inter. But we just said that in 1991. How many no. Inters are there around? There's I a think few there's around. a couple, but like, so, I, I, so I don't know what the reasoning is behind it that Inter have gone at Inter Miami because Inter Miami have kind of gone back and said it's really international Miami because of our roots and obviously the eclectic mix of people we have down here Latin based people yeah but it is um, let's be honest it's a it's a copy it is a copy yeah but, so but it's have, United have Inter Inter Milan have they trademarked that name like Inter well that's it I don't know I don't, so maybe that's I don't, the lawsuit we, we need to do a little bit I don't even know yeah. what you can... But there's other Inters out there. Are they suing all the Inters out there? I wonder. Maybe they're just going for Beckham. Yeah, maybe they want to... Yeah. yeah. AC Milan prick. Trying to get some money <laughs> for something. Hey, don't say that. <laughs> yeah. But at least, you know, I guess they're they're trying to bring it, Montreal, into a sort of a more of a football traditional... Yeah, I, I get it. I, I don't mind line. that necessarily. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. Even though the badge looks fine to me, people are making fun of the badge. Because yeah, people will get so caught up in this stuff, right? Shirt colors, badges, names, and stadiums. Who cares? You get used to everything after a while. I think for Chicago, 
they can change the name all they like. They have to move from where they're at. Yeah, closer to town. Well, they're back at Soldier Field now as well. They're playing back at Soldier Field. They've left that stadium? They, they left last year, yeah. What are they going to do with that? No idea. Still I mean, it's there. It's a great stadium. Yeah. It just needs to be it's 45 minutes away from downtown Chicago. Yeah. So they moved back really to Soldier Field area. last year. We were doing games there, and we show up there early, and we're like, oh, anywhere to you know drive and grab something to eat or whatever. And they're like, no, you don't want to be driving around here. Yeah. <laughs> South Park, Chicago. Yeah. It's cheap to build there as well. That's why. Well, that's right. But it's short-sighted. But there was a trend there in sports for many years where, you know, moving out of town a little bit, you can get a bigger stadium, yeah. more more parking around there. Well, and now they're Miami, all kind of back the Dolphins town play, and, you know, where they're that, that, what is it called now, has changed a thousand times. Joe, Joe Robbie and whatnot. Same with Dallas. Dallas playing Frisco, which they, is they don't even fill it. 45 minutes outside of Dallas. And you think, come on. Oh, that, that one? That was, yeah, it's a nice little stadium, but. I'd rather have a full stadium, pay a little bit extra, or share it with a university or something, and have a full stadium than have fans having to travel forty-five minutes outside of that. Listen, I know Texas is big. Be, shouldn't be called Dallas. No, New England, right? Revolution. Way out. It's miles. Yeah. Play at, great complex and all. Play at Gillette Stadium, yeah, and they'll fill it for NFL because it's eight, yep. nine games. They yeah. hope to get nine games right. at home a season. That's fine. But that road in and out of there, box Ah, oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Horrible. They would yeah. do it. I mean, Ottawa Senators did it, right? Way out of town. Pain in the ass to get to. Canada. Canada, Awful. right? Awful. Yeah. yeah. West Ham. West Ham moves how, how far away? Not very far at all. And it was still... Mm. Yeah, not far. Move. Five kilometers? Is that what it was? Five, five kilometers, like eh? Five months, maybe. Big news this week in West Ham world, by the way. Um... Eve Volley, also known as Emma Benton Hughes. You must know who this is, Craig, surely. All the hours you spend on the hub. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Who's uh, that? On the, on the hub. <laughs> what a great name, by the way. Eve Volley. Eve Volley. Eve Volley. Anyway, she's a, a former adult actress, adult film star, currently the partner of David Sullivan. <laughs> of course, made his money in muck. As they used to say. They've been together a long time, though, no? They have been, yeah. 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 So, yeah. She, yeah, she's not in any movies anymore. Ooh. Although, if that's yeah. your thing, you can find that <clears throat> yeah. age group. Um, well, anyway, she's become a director at the club. Razor Ruddock would have Razor would have loved that. <laughs> he liked the older generation. <laughs> Lucky for him. Lucky for them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Footballer. Maybe. You know? Yeah. There's uh, Dwight York walking in with... Uh, Jordan and then this, this razor with some 85 year old no yeah don't they play Man City soon Carl Walker, Carl Walker could be interested in uh, Carl Walker yeah he has a story to touch him does he forget that one so that, that <laughs> that's come back in the news that she, she's now she's on the board yeah on the board yeah right what no what what is her role sorry let's she's go back to Eve Volley she's director on the board not entirely sure she's you know, she, the life partner of David Sullivan. So is she with Karen Brady? Like I know Karen Brady oversees. I think I think the club in general. Yeah, she's the chairwoman. Yeah, she's a job. This is probably not a job necessarily. It's probably a shop yeah. and make some votes and yeah. do what David says. I imagine. Uh-huh. Still, it was a story about a porn star. So I thought we'd probably get into pretty pretty prime. There you go, and West Ham as well. Perfect. And West Ham, right? Yeah. Who, of course, like I said, yeah. You they, know. Owners made the money. Uh, if you were going to say a club in the Premier League had that situation, it'd be 
West Ham. Be right? <laughs> West Ham for sure. Right. <laughs> we Seriously. Especially, own- especially when you know how David Gold earned his money from... Oh, Sullivan, yeah. And, Sullivan, sorry. Yeah. And he's still got... Um, I think he's still got Knickerbox and Ann Summers as part of his... Has he? His wealth and business. Is Gold also in that? Wasn't he in that business too originally? Yeah. He was, they both were, weren't they? They were in it oh, together, I'm I think. I'm sure about Gold. That's how they made their money. The tax. Solomon, for sure. Yeah. Were they very visible when you were, when you were there? Well, they weren't owners. When no. did they buy the club? Um... They were at Birmingham. They, they were at Birmingham. Yeah. Iceland guy, remember he he came in and then that whole market in Iceland. That's right. Crashed. Like bankers, right? He lost them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when they slipped. Oh, in. so probably two thousand eight, maybe around. There. Yeah, maybe something like that. That's right. Was, why did I think they've been around for so many years? It's they, well, they, they were at Birmingham. Such, yeah, and they look like such typical football owners, club owners. Yeah, right? but they they really knew. I mean, other than Sullivan being a fan of West Ham when he was a kid. Yeah. Like when Karen. Took Karen Brady took the offer that Birmingham was up for sale for a quid. I don't know how many million, forty million debt or something they have to take on. Um, I think the conversation was that we don't really know how to we're not really know how to run a football club. And they had a conversation. Said Karen, "Go run ahead, it. do it. And you run it." It's crazy. Some of the some of the she was owners, twenty three, twenty four, something like that. Who do you think are the craziest owners in the Premier League at the moment? Craziest? Because we've had some crazy owners, mm. like from back in the day. They're now down in the championships. Do you remember the Venky brothers at at Blackburn? Yeah, the, uh, chicken, the chicken farmers, curry, right? Chicken, <laughs> the yeah. chicken farmers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just ran that club into the ground. But yeah, they're still they still right. own it. Yeah. Um. There's some other crazy ones that we have. Not as many, though. The guy at Hull. Who was the guy at Hull? Al-Fayad. Al-Fayad at Fulham. There's a guy, like an Egyptian yeah. guy Dave at Hull. Wimbledon guy? Dave Wimbledon? Yeah, Big Sam. Big Haman. Sam, the man. Yeah. Who's the guy that um, put the, oh, the Fulham owner? Al- Al-Fayad. Al-Fayad, yeah. And Built the Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson statue outside. Statue yeah. outside. outside no reason other than he liked Michael Jackson. They've got a crazy owner now, though, as well. Is, is he an uh, American guy who owns the uh, Jaguars? Um, Fulham? Yeah, he's a uh, yeah, he's American. Khan, Khan, is, Khan yeah. yeah. I don't know if he's uh, is he is he out there? A I'm bit? sure he's still. I'm just, yeah, well, no, he still owns them. Yeah, I think he's a little bit. There's actually a few in the NFL. You so you got uh, Glazers, yeah, who own Tampa Bay, Liverpool, and then you got L.A. Rams with uh, Dickhead there at Arsenal. Yeah, Cronky, he's Cronky. one of the shadiest owners. Just looking at the he background. Doesn't care. Can you imagine people in St. Louis and they move the Rams out there? I'm just going to take them out. New stadium. Dave Willem was a good character, right? He was at Wigan. Wigan, right. But when he left, he left his grandson, I think, in charge. Yeah. With no background in football whatsoever. There's a few of them. There's a few of them in the the league still. Wigan's up for absurd. Nearly got sold again. Yep. Any any, uh, women owners? I'm trying to think. Top flight football. Aside from Ted Lasso, <laughs> maybe some shareholders actually. There is Southampton. Southampton. I think the the father, the owner, died, right? Yeah. And the daughter now is he like an Italian guy? Because she brought over the Canadian Ralph. That's right. Oh, not, uh, Ralph not, uh, Kruger. Ralph Kruger. They like their Ralphs there, don't they? Yeah, that's right. Southampton. Hassan Hoodle. Hassan Hoodle is doing a great job. 
How about him? Emotional on the sideline. Yeah, what, what was that? Come on. It's a bit much. Come on. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Like, uh, so I'm looking through the, the paperwork afterwards and the, the media and I'm going, maybe. yeah, I thought, like, is, he, is his mum passed away or his dad? And apparently they, they, Klopp and him know each other pretty well and it's the first time he's ever beat Klopp. And you just, after the game, you see Klopp over him and he's kind of tapped him on his shoulder, shake his hand and he didn't acknowledge him or anything. He was just there like crying and I'm like, come on. Bit of a drama queen. And I like him as a coach. I really do like his his philosophy and everything. Mainz, and that's, that's part of the reason he had to kind of come out the, the shadow of Klopp. Was that what I read as well? I don't know. Because he's, he's, he's Austrian. He's not German, isn't yeah. he? Hasn't. Mm, no. But no. I think there's there's just a little bit of respect after the game, whether you've won or lost, and mm-hmm. whether you dislike I mean, the guy. Game, what, 14, whatever it is, of, of a regular season. Yeah. And it's a great result. It's been a really good season so far. I don't think it needed that. No. So who are we to say? I always thought his, him as being this big, kind of strong, gruff, to the point, direct, bit of a not bit of a, a, a Austrian Sam Allardyce. Well, you don't <laughs> you don't like seeing the men show their emotional side. Is only it? me, Craig. Yeah, that's in, right. In front of the mirror every night. Yeah, go to bed. when your dog died, week. you're a blubbering twelve year old. Oh yeah, I'd be that way as well. But yeah. who do you think is the most emotional? <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Sorry to bring it. Are you all right? Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I'd give you a hug, but that's I'm not right. there. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't do that, literally. <laughs> give him a pal. Yeah. Who do you think is the most emotional coach in the Premier League at the moment? Emotional? Uh, well, Klopp's pretty emotional, actually. Mourinho's right? got his moments. So apparently, like, Klopp is not very well liked within the Premier League manager circle. Why is that? Because of all his sideline antics on, on the sideline. And that was surprising for me. And passion, for Christ's sake. I know, that's what I mean, the passion and stuff. But I know that he had an argument or Frank had a little pop at him last year. Um, and there's been a couple of other incidents. I think Sean Dyche had a little pop at him as well last year where there's a certain code. I know you're meant to I, – I love all the passion stuff as well, but – I think it's his constant talk and barking on the sidelines towards the referee and the linesman trying to dictate the way a game's going. Like that most is, most championship sides and they're, and they're, on the sidelines, like Fergie. Yeah. Murray, I think yeah. the guy who wins the championship or a team that's been successful for a stretch of time also becomes a target yeah. a little bit. It was surprising to me, hard though. To be, they get more pressed, too. Don't they? You know... It's pretty hard not to be pretty excited about watching your team do that every freaking game yeah. right, for weeks and weeks. And I think the Liverpool fans love it when there's fans in the stadium. Oh, of course not. Oh, yeah, I just would like to see yeah. how they would react when things start to turn. How will he react as well? How will he well, he's react? Had a little bite yeah, he's had a little there. bite as well. Yeah. And you yeah. can tell he's definitely got a little bit, his skin's got thinner um, through Christmas, I thought. Yeah, when the results weren't going his way, he was getting a little bit snarly. He's usually a great, great quote. And he's good in the the pre match. Yeah, usually he'll say something. It's with, playful. It's lovable. Yeah, but it's been a little edge to him, and the pressure's on. Right, I mean, my God, it's everyone's going after you right now. Yeah. And Man United have just slipped into first place. Can you believe that? And they happen like, to play each other this Sunday. Big game. Amazing. Like, can you? It's believe? great. The league is just fantastic because but, uh, I can't believe. How does it happen though? Can you remember a club? That has gone through the emotional roller coaster that that back club has this season, as far as the media and the fans targeting oh it God. and its coach hammering him. He's not good enough. Yeah, fire He's him. Terrible. 
Change Posh it. is out there. Get rid of the board. All what, this. He's clueless. Yeah. And they're in first place. Yep. And we're, you know, midway through January. It's unbelievable. I think a lot of credit has to go to him as well, to Ole. He's definitely aged like 40 years over the last he year. He's like 26 now. Yeah. He's gone from 16 to like Benjamin. 38 now. The peculiar case of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But it's, you know, I, I had a little pop at him, I think, a couple of months ago where I wanted to see more passion and more presence on the sideline from him. And maybe that's just not him. And maybe he knows the players don't react to that. So for him, that's good management. Maybe we see it a different way, the critics and whoever it was that were hammering him. But as you know, at Man United, things can change just like that. They're one bad result away from the rumours starting up again. But Mm -hmm. the way he's managed certain players, I mean, Pogba's playing the best I've seen him play since coming back to Manchester United. Well, his transfer window, right? He's shown off for would-be suitors. There's no way they can sell him when they're top of the league, regardless of what conversation Ole's had with him and said, look, just stick with me for this moment in time. I know coaches do this with certain players and I'll let you. Uh, I'll speak to the board and let you go in the January transfer yeah, window. they're winning. No He's chance, Craig, yeah. And he's fine with that. Bogger is okay standing there. They're winning. Yeah. yeah, he's happy. Precisely. Yeah. My dude, he's got to just make keep his standards high. That's the problem. Because when he plays well, he's like, oh, he looks different class. But when he drops his standards, goes into like, and he's just missing for a game or two, it's like. And that's this team. This team does it though. This team is so streaky. They go on these great runs, like when you first took over. Yeah. So sure. So is that fall going to come at some point? It, it might do, you know, we're going to find out in the coming weeks and months, but, I mean, to you, are they a contender? I know it sounds costly, it's Manchester United, it's almost February, and, but are they a contender to you? I mean, I look at the teams I around them, they're, they're better, the best team better the teams. They're not in the best team in the league, I don't believe, in my opinion, right now. Do you? I, I've said it for the last two months now, that there is a very creepy team who have the ability who are just hiding behind everyone at the moment. City. And waiting to pounce. Did you see like the cup game? Yeah. And they, they took liberties with him in the cup. They did. So that shows you how much of a difference there is between the two teams. And yeah. City were basically playing with them in the end. It was, you know, yeah. it was toyed with them. I wouldn't say it was men against boys, but it was just the diff- the golfing class for me was was very surprising because I look at the players of Man United, the Pogba's and whoever it was, they're up there in quality with, with but the way they play as a team, nothing like Man City. And I just think yeah. I watched Man City yesterday against uh Brighton, I think they beat one nil. They just Brighton played pretty well. Even on on bad days, City are just a, a different team to watch. The the way they play together, the 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 unity, the understanding of their movement. Yeah. It's, it's a lot different than watching Liverpool at the moment, who I still think are just going through the gears, waiting for certain players to get back. They're trying to find their mojo. They're actually missing Yota a lot more than I thought they would yeah, and so. Van Dijk. The front three haven't been themselves. They haven't the been themselves. They're, they're very, very like lacklustre at the moment. It's not. I wouldn't say lacklustre. That's a bad word to use because it's not like they're not trying. They just... Look like they've run out of ideas now. Have they been found out a bit, do you think? Maybe teams After have figured them out. But well, you miss a couple of those key players and 
Yeah. You, know, you lose, kind of miss that little bit of magic they had, right? I said at the beginning of the year about Chelsea, and I got hammered over it, but they're not up there to compete with the Man Cities yet. I'm not saying Frank's a bad manager. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. Right it's just where they are. Do you think yeah. he should be under pressure? I mean, if his name wasn't Frank Lampard, you've seen the owner there fire big names for less. That's for sure. Fired a lot of coaches. Every big right. name in the world. So do you think Frank's safe there because he's Frank Lampard? And I do. I think safe. he's been given a little bit more yeah. leash. Well, they're also not They're not the spending club that they – like that back in the day either. No, but they spent a lot of money in this off-season yes, still. They have. After having yeah. a year off from the yeah. transfers. But right? I think you got to give – well, he, he's pulled the trigger quickly before, but you have to give somebody time. Yeah. It doesn't just happen. Didn't happen for Pep right away. Remember, everybody's no. like, oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, he had a, he he struggled for the first year in a bit. Yeah. And then but then finally yeah. his philosophy came. But, he's, but I think from a Chelsea fan standpoint, the frustrating part there would be is, okay, yeah, it's Frank Lampard. He should be given time, but he's still learning on the job. He's such an inexperienced manager. Whereas surely Chelsea's the kind of club that should be get the ready-made man already. He's been there and done that. As opposed to getting a guy that still has to learn Hasn't coached once in the Premier League, but he was a great player. Yeah, it was a big gamble. I think the uh, the difference between Frank and probably all the rest is that I think that uh, the owner likes him, like personally likes him. I think the players as well respect him. Oh yeah, more than the other. When you look at all the other coaches, yeah, he didn't have a a relationship ever. Yeah, with managers. Yeah, but he had a relationship with some of the players as they were playing. You know, so this is a guy now that he came through his team, won trophies, great leader. But there's there's a little cycle at the moment of very very good players that have kind of been rushed into jobs. You look at Pirlo at Juventus, who hasn't really set the world alight. He's got a very very good team now, Juventus are the team that spend the most money. They're like the buy-in of, of Italy, where they buy all the best talent within Serie A as well. And they're not pulling up any trees. You look at Zizou Zidane at Real Madrid. Okay, he won the Champions League and the league, but he's still under pressure. The people are still not happy with him. Like, And he's a fantastic player, and he could be a fantastic coach as well. But there's certain elements, and I agree with you, Shams, that... Big clubs need experienced guys to go in there and manage top-level, high-elite players. And I really don't think it's a case where you can put maybe an ex-player in there to learn on the job. But learn under that guy, maybe. I, I get that. Yeah. You know, um, it's just a gamble. That's all. It's not saying it can't work, but... You know, we shouldn't be surprised that Frank Lampard isn't the second coming of Jose Mourinho at Chelsea. We shouldn't be surprised. Yeah. You know, I mean, even Arteta. Uh, Arteta at yeah, Arsenal as well. Example. Yeah, exactly. He, now, he did it the right way in that he was learning under a Pep. great manager. And, you know, he, he couldn't say no. Maybe now was the time to take a gamble, I guess, if you're Arsenal at that point. But they, I mean, they, they lost last week. Oh, sorry, tied, didn't they? They tied today, didn't they? Tied today in yeah. a very poor game against Palace. Yeah, yeah. But they're, uh, I mean, they've, they've kind of bounced back after... He was the next big name on the brink. But then on the counter to that, and I'm sure we're going to speak about it a little bit more at length, you look at Spurs under Mourinho now, who is an experienced coach, who is a guy that's won things. 
and has gone into Spurs because they are a club that wants to win trophies. They've been the nearly men for many, many years now, Champions League final a couple of seasons ago. And now the fans are starting to turn on Jose. I'm not surprised either, are you? My God. Yeah, he's, he's doing what he always does. But you think maybe he'd learn a little bit. Are Spurs too defensive? When they go ahead early in the game and they sit back, they do it against big clubs. Okay, fair enough. They did it against Fulham on Monday and it I, cost them. I think that he's, his philosophy was that this team, this group of players have come close, come close, but whatever they're doing, it hasn't been good enough, so let's try something different that has been successful for them in the past. And and it looked like it was working a dream at, at times. But I mean, parking the bus has been criticized for, though, for a long time as well. Well, you got to, you, you have to win games if you're going to play like that. If you win games, right. you'll be fine. And they were for a while, weren't they? <laughs> and everybody's fine with it. But yesterday against Fulham, I'm watching them against Fulham, and they're so reliant on Kane and Son, who are probably the best pairing at the moment in, you could possibly say, the world. The best strike pairing in, in the world at the moment. Are they the best strike pairing? They could possibly be. History. They've already scored, assisted, or scored more goals than yep. any pairing in Premier League history. There's, there's, a, joke, there's a joke here with Eve Volley. I'm not sure what it is somewhere. <laughs> sliding in. Strike pairing. Best pair. Um, yeah. Know, strike could rate. be. But um, we're talking about Chelsea, right? And we're talking about finished like managers. Like, think about it, this. He's gone through Ranieri. I think he was the first guy he had, and Mourinho, Grant. Scolari, Hiddink, Ancelotti, Vilas Bosch, Di Matteo, who finally won him a Champions League. Then got, okay. and then got sat. Benitez, Mourinho again, Hiddink again, Conte, sorry, Lampard. I mean, <laughs> that's insane. Crazy. Um, the, the, the experience of that group of managers. Can you argue it? I mean, the success he's had, they've won so many trophies. Yeah. Not what as many what, do, what makes a club successful is very difficult to pinpoint that because there's Rich been... wallet. Well, that's you can, you're can you going to buy a contender for sure if you've got lots and lots of money. But guys that hold on to managers for a long time... Go through that cycle of hoping to win yeah, something. Yeah, you got the Watford model where you sack three a year. Yeah. You know? Yeah, stupid. But going back to Spurs again, and I watched the, the game yesterday versus Fulham and Jose, who got ousted at Chelsea in his second term because he was so defensive-minded and he, think, he thought he could carry on with what he did at Inter Milan and Real Madrid to a degree. And yesterday I'm watching him against Fulham, at home against Fulham, and he's playing with three holding mids. Winks, Holberg, and uh, Sissoko at home to Fulham. Yeah, arguably the worst team in the league. And Fulham played pretty pretty well. I'm not going to take anything away from Scotty Parker and his his uh, group that were presented with the game with two days to spare because of a rescheduled game that they were meant to be playing against Villa. Villa have got a COVID outbreak at their, their team. So, fair play to them, but I think questions are starting to be asked on Daniel Levy because of the money they've spent, which they're always going to be questioned for, but they're still paying money back for that stadium and the choice of manager in Jose Mourinho. 
do you do you think there's a chance that some club might come in for Kane this summer with a lot of money? And would Spurs be willing to listen for a hundred million pound offer? No. They wouldn't? I don't think they would take a hundred million for him. Should they? in today's current market? No. Well who knows what that market is though with COVID, right? But back to where how generally has been. Yeah. You think they want more? They, they get more? Bit, they got some bill, big ba- bills to pay, don't they? Yep. But that would just be the kill, killer for them. So you're thinking you want to sell out the stadium week in, week out when fans are allowed back in. You're... How much money have they been losing without fans? In yeah. The but your promise is basically we're going to be a team that are competing year, out, year, year in, year out for trophies. You sell your top marksman yeah, but then you look at other clubs, uh, big clubs. Liverpool basically had to sell for Coutinho eventually for a lot of money, and they reinvested that money and got the backbone for a championship. Yeah, if you do it, if you spend it right, this way he's doing it. But I guess Spurs have burned the past when they sold Bale for all that money, one record for eighty million, I think it was at the time. Yeah, they they misspent that money. Can we just talk about Gareth Bale as well? Is he someone's what, coming over to uh, the Premier League? I don't know. Like, has he arrived? Jesus, he 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 come off the bench in their FA Cup game at Marine, yeah, which is in he's making three hundred grand a week. Yeah, in the uh, like yeah. downtown shanty town said, of Merseyside. He said, "I want to come. I'm not quite ready. I've got a bit of an injury still, but I want to be on the road with the boys for that game." That's what he said. I've no idea. That's how he sounds like, but that's what he said. <laughs> what accent was that? That was well. It's from the valleys. From the valleys. I love the Welsh accent, actually. But so he actually wasn't going to be part of the squad. He actually asked, "Yeah, I want to be part of this squad. Okay. Part of the at Marine." Yeah, it's a lovely story, by the way. How cool yeah. was that? Been some great FA Cup stories over the it was over the weekend. Although I'm a little bit upset with what the FA and has gone on with with t- making teams play FA Cup ties, even though clubs have had COVID outbreaks. Great for the younger players at the clubs. Like I think Aston Villa had to play their U18, U23s against Liverpool. Um, there was another team. I think Derby got knocked out by Chorley. And, and Rooney couldn't even turn up. Rooney's the, the Wayne Rooney is the head coach at Derby at the moment. Couldn't turn up with his team because they had a COVID outbreak. So they had to send their under-18s to play Chorley, which is a non-league team in... Was it Chorley or Crawley? I think it was Crawley. Yeah, it was, was Crawley. Sorry, in the fourth tier, aren't they? Oh, Crawley are in the fourth tier now. They're in the division. Yeah, Crawley, yeah. Also, yeah. Crawley has been non-league. Crawley's near London, right? Yeah, Crawley's yeah. just to the outside. It's just South London. Not Chorley. Chorley's up north. Chorley's up north. Yeah. But Chorley beat someone as well. Yeah, Chorley's up in Lancashire. But um, so I was just a little bit disappointed with that. Because also you think about the players that want to play against the Premier League mm-hmm. Giants. They've been drawn against Liverpool. They've been drawn against Man United, Man City. This is their only chance to play against top elite level players. And then yeah. the FA have said, you're going to have to play the game, even though they've got a COVID outbreak at the moment, you're going to have to send your under 18s or under 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And then they hoped to get a big draw on the next one, but they didn't, did they? No. <laughs> I can't remember who they got. That was. <laughs> they got like Exeter or someone like yeah. that. All the fuss about these rearranged matches are and the players complaining and coaches complaining. It's not fair. It's not fair. I mean, how difficult is it as a footballer to be told, you know, with two days' notice, you've been playing here now, as opposed to playing on the weekend somewhere else? Is, is it a massive adjustment or is it being blown out of proportion just a wee bit? I don't think it's a big adjustment, is it, Craig? Let's see. Let's, let's <laughs> Jesus Christ. When you when you're in season, the question again. Yeah. <clears throat> Go on. But when you're in season, I was just reading about just sorry about the Spurs situation financially. They're 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 uh, their debt is climbing. they're in trouble. <laughs> their debt is climbing. They're not the only ones. They owe more money to China than the Americans do. Um, debt, uh, Spurs lose more than 85 million as their debt climbs due to COVID pandemic. I think 100 million gets you. I get your cane. I think under the circumstances, I might speak speak to Bill Manning and uh, to Larry at TFC. Yeah, I tell you what though. I mean, Spurs if they were up for grabs, um, this is just Craig speculating right now. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> there's no reports out there. But I mean, listen, they're a kind of club that you can see that you know, right? At some point, the losses become too much, but. Um, if you're a trillionaire owner somewhere sitting there waiting for the right club, that would be a great club to get, wouldn't it? You're a massive Spurs. A great new stadium. You're a really good team. A huge global following. They could do a lot of damage. With Nabu Derby type backing, they could do a lot of damage, Spurs. They'd be a destination for a lot of players, I bet. Yep. They're in a nice part of uh, London as well. I just think, I don't, I think they'd be a very expensive club to buy. Yeah. Yeah, like a tough bargain, something. wouldn't it? Yeah, something like 150 million pounds, 200 million dollars in revenue. Yeah, what's that compared to um, United? Who's, I'm assuming still number one in in England. Well, don't ask me a question for a second, and I'll find it. Like <laughs> <laughs> what was the question you were asking? Um, we we're talking about like um, players having to adjust when a rescheduled game has been thrown upon them, like Fulham this weekend, who had to play Spurs yesterday. Oh, yeah. And I said, in, in during a season, you're basically, you're not doing a lot of training charms because you're playing every two or three days. Recovery so you're, you're just ticking over, you're doing a lot of video work, whatever it is, um, replenishing. The guys that are not playing a lot of minutes would do probably heavier training sessions, but... I don't think it would be too much of an adjustment if you're playing in two or three days. Honestly, don't. Mm -hmm. For me as a player, it wasn't. You just basically, is another game thrown on. Um, Probably for a player, it's not so bad, but you can see for a manager, especially one of those meticulous managers who want to see so much tape, so much tape of the other team. And now, you know, suddenly it's a new game two days from now as opposed to having a week to prepare. You can see why they get frustrated about it. You can also use that as a little bit of... uh, us against the world. Yeah, right. And I, I really looked at that game yesterday with Scott Parker and the team, and there was definitely a something between their teeth and saying these guys have tried to do us. They've tried to to, to throw one on us, and we're going to show them that we're not going to be here just to be walked over. We're going to get something out of this game. Were you ever put in that position as a in in the room by your coach? Did you feel that it was literally you and your brothers against the world? Yeah, a lot. When, when you play for so-called smaller club in the Premier League a lot of it is us against them 
not only against the team we're playing, but against the authorities, against right. the officials, against the Premier League. Did you hear Kattenberg today in the interview? He uh, admitted that um, bias towards bias in in favour of Ferguson during Man United. United yeah, it's all a bunch of pictures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus. Conspiracy? Down, no. If well, you played it? against Man United back in those days, everyone knew it. Fergie time. If it was Graham Paul, I would have fucking sued. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Me? I'd have sued for four goals back. <laughs> it was only it was only five nil. Yeah, <laughs> Crook, yeah. If they were a crooked referee, that doesn't count, right? Yeah. Shit. Why couldn't it have been Graham Paul? Did you have good rapport with the referees? Like, would you talk to them, good or bad? Yeah, you, most yeah? of them. Yeah, and they they give it back to you and just have a bit of fun or just. Oh, they were great. Yeah, I had no issues with ninety nine percent of the referees. Just Graham Paul. Just him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Danny, I think, had a problem with <laughs> You know what? When I was first breaking into the pros, the referees were really good back in the day, back in the early days of the Premier League. Like, uh, was it Roger Guilford? Or he had the long kind of white permed hair. That's right. And there was there was a couple of other guys that were really, really good referees. They they loved refereeing. They they. They refereed with a, a smile. They they were having a joke with the players. They were stern with them when they needed. Hey, Danny, stop that. Otherwise, next time we're going to have a chat. Or, yeah. Danny, yeah, I know it's not doing. my fault you're having a shit game. Let's yeah. get on with it. Like, they were down-to-earth guys that were just refereeing the game and happy to be a part yeah. of that. I remember one guy, it was an injury on the top of the box, and he was asking me, he was talking about it. He was like, yeah, Craig, you know my favorite restaurant. I was like, oh, oh do I? He was, yeah, he was... So lighthouse in Vancouver, Stanley Park. Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like, and for me, there was more respect for referees back in those days because they were very—I wouldn't say down to earth—but you respected them because they said it how it was. They talked to you like a human being. Where now I look at some of these guys; they're so pompous, and you can't talk to them. You can't say anything to them. Their, their shoulders are up. They're like. Uh, so the referees have changed. It's not the footballers. Yeah. Referees. <laughs> hey, Chorley's got well, Wolves, by the way. We're talking about Chorley. They are non-league. Chorley. But who did they beat in the last round? Derby. It was Derby. Yeah. So Crawley won the two, didn't they? Crawley beat someone high. like 4-0. Leeds. Crawley That's beat Leeds. Right. Yeah. That's right. Crawley's not non-league, though, but still, obviously, yeah. a much smaller team. Uh, there's yeah. some good stories in there, though, eh? One of the guys uh been in a car crash was yeah. released from Spurs. Told they'd never played football again. Yeah, yeah. Did Beauty we, of uh, the FA Cup got back. Yeah, I sort of forward of nonsense we had to do. Last, was it last year? The year before last FA Cup. That one day we're doing like a court surfing thing. Like yeah. Around. Oh god, it's remember that day? Beach, you weren't there. You bailed, <laughs> and it's like oh Christ. And I have a pair thinking that we'll be going to throw to a game, and they'll show five minutes of that game with the commentators. Yeah. Right, and then we were to me and Danny put come and go somewhere else, but it turns out no. We had to talk through the entire freaking two hours. We were commentating on game to game. And they're the worst games. Here's Kidderminster at Millwall. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, Danny, tell me about Millwall and their fans. Again. <laughs> Again. It was, it was awful. They wanted to do it like the, the basketball, didn't they? Yeah, there was a basketball surfing. version, court Boot surfing. Around. But that and court surfing, they'd always throw to the, the commentators for a little while at least. Yeah. Give you a breather. And then you come back with a few comments and go somewhere else. Different game. Right, that was that was the honestly, idea, and I know they, they they said, "Oh yeah, we were pretty happy with that." I wasn't. Yeah. I I was humiliated that day. It was probably one of the worst days of my TV <laughs> career. In treaded water. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh and I knew I knew this oh. is just shit. 
Deitch was bailing me out in so many times. I really was. We like, got well, hung out to dry. When you're gonna, you're doing a show that you're bouncing from game to game. Then all of a sudden they lose commentary or something on one of them. Well, you haven't prepared for yeah. if you knew to, that was a game, but you have it could be one of twenty. Well, that was tough. Thirty. I mean, we, we, we thirty Euro, rounds of epic. Euro under twenties at the score back in two thousand and I think it was eleven or ten or something. Good luck with that. And uh, but we're just doing pregame and stuff. Me and Christian and just thrown to the games, which is fine. But oh, yeah. the first the first game, um, we lost audio about ten minutes in, and it was Finland against someone. And I, I me and KG had to just call the game. I was play by play. He he fucking knew everyone, of course. I think I might have texted you. This is shit. Ha- 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 Hakim Berg. Like, so difficult. It was awful. It was tough. It was tough. Actually, my dad uh, called me on Saturday when the FA Cup was on. We texted me first. So he said, I thought you said uh, you weren't working on TV no more. I said, I'm not dead. He said, I thought you said Sportsnet are not showing no football anymore. I said, they're not dead. He said, well, I'm watching a, a legal stream on Sportsnet FA Cup at the moment. So someone's lying. I said, Sportsnet are showing FA Cup football dead, but they don't want anyone to present it or preview it. Yeah. They did say when we uh, we left that, oh, we still have the FA Cup. We'll, we'll, we'll be in touch, yeah, bring you back in. Touch, yeah, we'll yeah. bring you back in. Didn't it? Crickets. Yeah. Crickets. I'm still staring at my phone for yeah. hours each day. I did actually text one of the box. I go, my number hasn't changed. Still, still the same. I, I, I might have, I might have missed it. It might have went straight to the old spam or something. Yeah. Aggressive, aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as you will. You know, for a damn well that had they had all the soccer and COVID hit. Yeah. We'll be a. Uh, <laughs> we'll be the that's right. There yeah, it's so true. We're going down the shit. The Bundesliga. Anyway. They brought that back. It was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Here's a chance they'll bring us back for that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. 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 They just plug, no. And, plug no. and play. Not that we're bitter. No. No. 20 years. <laughs> Ten thought, least. You know, thought you were thought part of something, you know? Oh, what's this here? <laughs> oh, for Tepex. Uh, how are we doing time wise here, Wonga? We've got 10 more minutes. Okay. I want to get to a dash to mention this. Um, Sean Deitch was talking about how the criticism towards players skipping the line to get the COVID 19 vaccination um saying well you know criticize all you want but they could perhaps uh rather than having the testing twice a week for each of these players and the money you save there give them a vaccination put that money towards the nhs I see his point of view yes don't you? I and don't he like would anyone jump in the line mind you no if the money's and, being redistributed so when when i first started reading it i was like this guy's talking absolute bullshit like he's saying that premier league players should be getting a vaccine prior to the elderly and the vulnerable. And he was very clear in his message saying that he supports what the government are doing and he at no stage wants to say that Premier League players deserve to have the shots or the vaccine prior to anyone that that, that needs it. But what he was saying is that when you're having to test in excess of 40 to 50 people every three days at the Premier League clubs, which is a cost of probably around fifteen to £20,000. So a club, every club that's doing it in the Premier League, I think the championship is twice a week. But when you're looking at it from that point of view and all the clubs, how many clubs are there in the Premier League? I should know this. 20. 20. 20. So... 
three times a week they're being tested. Okay, we'll say ten grand a pop. So it's twenty grand, thirty grand per week that each club is spending on these testing uh, stations, having to send it off for tests and stuff like that. And when he said we can use that money and open up ICU beds or provide more ICU beds in ICU units rather than doing it on the fly and trying to put people in need that have got COVID in certain wards and having to push people out that that need either operations or surgery that are life-threatening as well. Why don't we just do the simple thing and vaccine all the players and we'll be done within a week? And it made sense to me. It made sense to me when he when he explained it like that, Greg. Mm-hmm. It did to me too. Um, and I don't know this for a fact or anything, but I also think that does it stop the testing? Because you can still get COVID. And if you have somebody in amongst your group, even if you're vaccinated, you still can spread it. Do you know what do, I mean? So they still, they still need to know after vaccination whether they... Yeah, because it's 50% effective up until the second jab, or less. that's the original thing, the Moderna one, I think that's what they said. Right. So you can still get it, like you said, between. Do you, yeah. do you, you know, most vaccines, you actually shed the disease for, for 48 hours at least afterwards. Do you know whether that's the case with uh, this one? It's a different vaccine than you would normally get. It's a different type of vaccine yeah, than, yeah, a, exactly. than a flu vaccine. Like, yeah, yeah. Where they actually give you a little bit of a, the, uh, of a weakened virus, virus or yeah. dead, one of the two. Um, this one is different. I think the reason being that they can't get it into a uh, that situation, so they use a, a different type of system in your body. Basically putting something in your body that creates a antibody against this virus. That's why they say, oh, it's changing your DNA and all that kind of stuff. I'm but it's, very yeah. impressed right now. And then, been doing his reading. and then the counter yeah, I read up like when I heard you know you see yeah. the, the vaccinations and the anti-vaxxers and you read up and see, listen to professionals you can find them it's, it's all available if you look and there's there's, right. there's also a vaccine coming out I think I don't know if it's over here where it's just one shot and yeah, you're Johnson done. and Johnson the Johnson and Johnson one but on the counter to that we're talking about vaccinating forcing the vaccination on Premier League players and staff how do we know that every member of staff and Premier League yeah, player true. wants to have the vaccination? Mm-hmm. You know? No, that's a good point. These guys um, are, are machines and take such care of their bodies. Yeah. They, they Most of them know, not most of them, but a lot of them, they know everything that goes in their body, right? To the, to the gram, to the milligram. Well, you have to because anything they put in your body, especially, well, it's the club will say anything that you're, if you're going to take any kind of over the counter stuff or anything, let them know because some of the, some of the stuff you just buy off the shelf is illegal. Silken Nauman, remember the, the rower? Yeah. She, she took um, Sudafed, I think it was on the Eve of the Olympics. She had a nose issue, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and she got done. She got yeah. Over. Yeah. Cause there's a, there's some um, stimulants in it. Yeah. Well, we're quite, we're have very interesting. Yes, quite. <laughs> tell, any, um, tell you what, Nigel. <laughs> yes. If, if any of our uh, many uh, epidemiologists who, who listen to our show on a regular basis um, want to join us and explain just what Craig said, that would be great. <laughs> Is it epidemiologist? Epidemiologist? Epidem- 
<laughs> no, don't go there. Don't go there. Are you talking about Epstein? <laughs> That's a pedophile. Sorry. That's a pedophile, not a pediomologist. Oh, yes. Footy, footy picks? Yeah. Footy picks, oh, footy picks on footy pride. When there's a draw. All right, uh, we've got three games for you. First up, Leicester hosting... Southampton. Uh, that's a, a battle of top four uh, players. It is a cracker. Yeah. It's at, at Leicester? According to uh, Wonga here. Yeah. First game. Oh. You've done it this time. I am going for a draw. Ooh, a draw. Yes. A low-scoring draw? Mm, I'm not sure. Both both really good teams that I enjoy watching at the moment. England's two best centre-forwards mm. as well. We won't be actually playing for England again because... Danny Yates no. and uh, Jimmy Vardy. Both teams battling. I mean, Leicester, we talk about teams that have spent a lot of money and are contending. Leicester, you thought after they won the title, we're going to bask in that glory of being the champions for years and years. But no, credit to their owners. They yeah. haven't spent mega money. They bought a very, very good coach in Brendan Rodgers, in my opinion. Had a couple of Four choices after Ranieri, who won the title. But uh, they're on the up again, and they've got some really nice, tidy players in that group that can compete and possibly get back into the Champions League. What, what group do you put them in, okay, so as far as English football clubs, or well, you know, what 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 kind of group? So you've got the big ones, you know, you've got the Juventuses, the Man Uniteds, Liverpool's, AC, you know who they are. Then you've got that second group. Maybe you put the Arsenal's in there. Um, I'd even say a PSG is a newer club. You know, not quite... Super clubs financially, but not quite the uh, the you know tried and tested, storied. Yeah. And then you got the group beneath them, the Everton's of the world. Would they fall in that group, or are they maybe one bracket down, say an Aston Villa group? I think with with history and what the club has done throughout the years, I I don't know if I could put them in Everton's bracket yet, but they're they're knocking on the door there. Yeah, they are knocking on the door there. Villa's a huge club. Nah, Villa's, a, Villa's a massive club. I, I, know, but I would even put Villa up there with Arsenal. The recent success would dictate otherwise, right? Yeah, but... Support is big. You look at Leeds as well. Like, oh, yeah. recent success, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not been too up, but they're a massive club. Yeah. Massive club. Yeah. Yeah. And they've had a... They, they, were the, they were the dog's bollocks in the day. They were yeah. the business. Someone's car alarm's going off. I think that's my microwave. <laughs> Ding! <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm taking Leicester. Oh, Leicester. All right. Good. Good lad. Southampton. Yeah. Con- good. Convincingly or? Give us a score. No, no. Two to one. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be I'm going for a 1-1 one, one draw. Okay. Oh, nice. All right. Next up, um, you know, actually, wow, what a segue. Villa against Everton. Holy cow. I didn't even plan that. Didn't, didn't plan that. Villa or Everton. Can I tell you? I don't want to put a dampener on this, but this game's been cancelled because of COVID. That's right, yeah. Has yeah. it been cancelled, cancelled? or has it, Yeah, um, today. For, for like more than a couple of weeks? It just said that postponed it because Villa is still in a COVID outbreak. So these are saying postponement, Craig? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say game called off. <laughs> <laughs> just got it on a hunch. All right. Well, <laughs> we're breaking news here. When you get this tomorrow, do another well, game. you never know, right? Do another game. I'll tell you what another game is. But right. what's yeah, that? There's, there's another one. Yeah, we've got two. And, of course, it's a big one. Liverpool against Manchester United at Anfield. 
United the champions elect. Dare I say it? We're in first place. Craig, who's playing? You've been in top form today. <laughs> have another, have another hole on that. No, I'll sorry, sorry, I just, uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Liverpool, oh, Liverpool. Sorry, I, I was actually just looking at the uh, fixtures, and you, and you just, it just all melted in my brain. <laughs> Hold on, if filler is off. There is two juicy games going on as well. Right, There's the Black thing. Country Derby, which is Wolverhampton Wanderers against West Brom, my old team. Or we can do the West London Derby, which is Fulham against Chelsea. Let's do Wolves-West Brom because we haven't mentioned that Big Sam's back in the Premier League Yep. at West Brom. And is there not a team more fitting for Sam Allardyce than West Brom? I think uh, he might struggle this time around. He's never been relegated, has he, Big no, Sam? No, he's never been relegated. Isn't that the goal? That's the plan, right? Just don't get relegated. Anything, oh, yeah. anything more is gravy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Good I think, uh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I'm going Wolves. Bought in Snodgrass from uh, your old team, West Ham, I forgot this week. Name, Snodgrass. Good player. You got Wolves over West Brom? Yeah. 2 0. I'm going draw. I think Snodgrass is Boing, boing, baggies are going to get a draw against Wolves. Uh, you're not... window for Wolves. You, you're deciding this on your heart. Nil-nil. I'm getting nil-nil. You're hoping your team you gets a point. Top, All right. Yeah, really. He had a go at me for week one. I think yeah. I had a couple Four of draws. Like, oh. It's going to be a, an interesting note, I think. Not defining, but um, for, for their fans, a fascinating window for, for Wolves because they lost a couple of players the last couple of years. They've got money, or so they say. They've got a really good squad, a great manager, but they have kind of taken a step back this year. Um, well, they lost spend. They lost Jimenez to a, a really, really yeah. uh, nasty injury. Exactly, yeah. He nearly broke his broke skull in half. Skull. And there's talk about Diego Costa coming in. There's talk about Origi coming in. They've, they've, <laughs> so where's the solution? Yeah. The, Costa, maybe, but... Origi, yeah. Origi's not going to be... I just... Origi, no. I just don't think... Push a bit. <laughs> All right. Next Last up. game. Yep. Liverpool against Manchester United. At Anfield? Yep. Mm. Liverpool against Man United. Go on, you go first this time. 2 2. Oh, he's going for the. He's I'm going draw. You can't for, go draw. He's again. going for the Bobby Moore. Well, you can if you want, but. You I'm can. going Liverpool. At home. Emphatically, or a narrow squeaker. Two. What the defenders have looked so bad lately. I think whether they were Liverpool, Matt Tibbs getting back though. Two nil, two nil Liverpool. Ooh, clean sheet. Yes, one of those statement games. You know, kind of my gut tells me. Yeah, Man United's done such a good job recently, but they haven't convinced me yet. And I think in these situations, you see the 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 champion, the better team, making a statement with or without the injuries. I do know that Man United can hurt Liverpool on the counter-attack. And if United sit in a little bit, I know that with Rashford, possibly Martial, and even Cavani, who's been playing lately, they can hurt them on the counter. But I just feel that Liverpool and Klopp will know this. This is me saying this. So if Klopp hasn't worked it out, then uh, I think it's going to be a good game, though. There's... 
There's been a couple of Liverpool Man United games over the past couple of seasons that have been drab games to watch. But I think these two are going to have a little go at each other. Although maybe, but you know, the fans not being there, that that big yeah. derby feel doesn't feel quite the same. But you want to see them take some bites. Last night, uh, hockey uh, started again. Leafs Habs, right? Obviously rivals, and no training camp. It's a really interesting, fun game, and it was pretty edgy as well. And these guys are going to play each other nine more times this season. So I'm thinking, man, that's you want to see these rivalries play. And there was so a well. there was a fight in that game, but it wasn't much of a fight. Simmons, yeah, yeah. But you know what? That's what the Leafs need, don't you think? Just Montreal, the club foot. <laughs> in hockey? Club foot. Club foot. Club foot did surgery, though, I believe. Can it? Club foot. Yep. Right. <laughs> Look it up. And it's yeah. horrible. Club foot. I with a few footballers. Were... <laughs> a few defenders. Yeah. Great, great place. In, Bobby um, Ferguson used to call Peter and King, too, wasn't it, back in the 90s? Club foot. It was yeah. amazing. <laughs> We said one guy, Bobby Ferguson, Bobby Ferguson, our old manager, used to call one guy flannel foot. He's like he he crosses the ball like he's hitting the ball with a flannel. He's going to power. He's terrible. Irvin Gurning, 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 Irvin Gurning. Yeah, Do flannel foot. Generally have ugly feet. Who? Footballers generally have like horrible feet. Uh, yeah, 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 they Not do. Good, right? No, the I nails after are my all feet. black. I looked after or my gone. feet. Or gone. You ever break any toes? Yep. Broken metatarsals, toes. Yeah, yeah. Remember Lomi bought the broke the second one in. Yeah. And he had to have it have a screw have it pinned. pinned and yeah, that's horrible. Pin. It was sticking it out of it. So you'd have a shoe with a hole in it and this pin that was coming out of his little toe. Yeah. We got drunk one night and he stubbed his toe in my house. Oh, oh. screaming. The Irish <laughs> profanity. <laughs> you know, Belfast special. That was holy shit. Yeah, yeah, it was. It wasn't good. Yeah, club foot. <laughs> yeah, amazing though how they can pin that little toe, like as small as that is, and and get a pin through. It's, yeah, it's nuts. I did my yeah. fifth metatarsal on that on my left foot in three places. It kind of broke like this way, and then the end snapped off too. Yeah, very common. Yeah, very common. And they they set it on the on the X ray table, and I can't t- it describe the pain. Kept going back in and trying to set it, and nope. Then they take a picture, and he's like, "Ah, it's not there." He goes, "Listen, man, like a few times, he goes, we can keep doing this, or you can come back, you know, like and on Tuesday and see the uh, osteo, whatever it was." And I just keep doing that at this point, and <laughs> I was sweating. I was almost passing out. Big bastard he was, and he finally got it set, so it didn't need surgery. Oh yeah, yeah. Good time to run. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Yeah. How many bones do you break in your career? Oh, how many bones? Oh, that's a good question. After to... about you, Wonga? Uh, one, two, three, four. 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 Yeah. yeah Any good ones? Or just like shitty little ones. Well, it's always this thing. Right? Oh, that's oh, right. The little finger. That's oh, horrible. You need a pin in that. Shut, just yeah, cut well, that. Cut it off. Like, <laughs> that's a good break. Yeah. So was it many digits then? Was it? Well, I broke it four times. His pinky. His dance pinky's <laughs> pointing. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, everywhere. For a while. If, um. <laughs> You're listening and not watching us on our feeds here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no so, yeah, <laughs> no, little, what do you hold? Yeah, dance no, finger. No, 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 but we're at home, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Little fingers pointing yeah, everywhere. Yeah, Wonga's, Wonga's, um, his, his, the little finger in his right hand juts out at a right angle almost. It's disgusting. It'd be the equivalent of a, like a cross eyed person. <laughs> Even more than this. Have you, figured out, have you figured out how many bones you broke yet? Uh, well, um, yeah, well, no, I haven't. I don't know, three or four. Was it? 
but never the big one, right? Just like legs, like a, <laughs> just like legs, yeah, like a toes R- and big wrist, fingers, right? R- toe, wrist. You did a wrist, that's good. Leg. You broke your leg. An elbow. Or the other one. Yeah. Which was the worst injury? The longest um, to get back. The longest was the wrist. Was it? Oh, yeah, because I had in a cast for six weeks and it didn't heal. Was it in season? It was at the I broke it at the end of the the season and I didn't. It's one of those things I didn't really feel. I thought it was just sprained. I got a little bit better. Didn't feel it. Wasn't doing anything in the off season. Went back preseason. Oh, he's one of those pricks. And then I and I took a shot and I was like, oh my, that really hurts. Like that's not right. Had an X ray broken. I six, hate six weeks. Came back, X rayed it. Still broken. I was like, oh no. Now what? After six weeks. Yeah. Nothing. I had to. So it was like you could put it into cast again, but there's no guarantees. Or we can operate, put a screw in it, and you'll be back for sure in eight weeks. So that's what I did. And I went back to Vancouver. Had the best time of my life. Didn't need your rest. Not that one. So you, you, so you, you were one of those guys that always drove me crazy. You know, yeah, the training camp or you know preseason. Oh, discovered the injury from last season. Hasn't needed surgery after all. It's like, no, you prick. You just put it off to enjoy your summer. No. Yeah. No. You did. Oh hell no! Because if I had it done before the Aussie, I would, I would have been able to go back. Yeah. Yeah, but surgery in your off season. Are you that? kidding? That was like no. I ended up missing like it wasn't ideal at all. Really. Was it Ipswich? So you missed the entire season then, pretty much, or close to it. Yeah, I was back at Christmas. Yeah. Is that early days at Ipswich? Or? Yeah, earlier. Yeah. You, yeah. But were you number one when you went down with the injury? No. So that must, from that standpoint, must have really weighed on you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, injuries are just yeah. You just you just gotta. They're shitty. They're shitty. Made each. I mean, they're just. It's just part and parcel of it, and it's it's mentally trying to get through it, knowing that you're going to be out for weeks, you know, minimum of whatever. You can always beat it by a week or two or maybe, but depending on what it is. But it's, uh, yeah, you get kind of used to it. I, I, I would just kind of roll with the punches, to be honest with you. I was like, yeah, whatever. What are you going to do? How many bones did you? I was, I was pretty lucky. I didn't break any major bones. Broke my nose, but there's about a trillion brain cells. Cells, yeah, yeah. Soft nose, toes, metatarsals, but never any like never the biggie ankles, knees, legs, any of that. I had two How major back operations. Break, not a lot. No. <laughs> stitches. You caught a few. Oh, I caught a lot of stitches. Yeah, yeah. but I had, I had a really major back operation when I was sixteen. Because my my uh, spine was growing too quickly for my body, so they had to. It was fracturing at the the base of the spine, so they had to screw and wire it all together the to the disc. bottom of the spine. Holy shit! And you're to, lucky. Yeah, and the, the doctor said you won't. You can have this operation to continue playing, but you won't play longer than seven years. And so, I think it was eight years later. I. It may have been nine years later, I went back to the doctor Punching because, bones. no, I was having problems again with my disc and it was basically, um, there was callus building up around my wires and, and screws in the body and it was impinging on a nerve 
on my disc, so they had to remove part of the disc. But we went back with my physio from Sunderland to the doctor that did the original surgery. Went, I thought I saw your name in the papers. He said, "How the fuck are you still playing football?" <laughs> I said, "Well, you haven't seen me play football. First of all, you haven't seen my run. I'm like an ironing board. I'm more upright than anything. <laughs> I've got no you, mobility." If you saw you trying to get into the back of a pickup truck, you'd be like, ah, <laughs> "That's what. That's what I thought you'd be yeah. like." Yeah, just took a little longer. <laughs> but I was lucky. No touch wood. I was lucky. I didn't. Um, so, but you have back issues now, still. Yeah, I'm always going to have back issues when you, you're the height of my, my like, me and Craig. Upper back, neck, oh, neck. back. Yeah, my yeah. neck is a shambles. But yeah. is that from football? Do you think, or is it just because you're tall? I mean, well, you know, it probably is. Yeah, yeah. Wear and tear, diving around. Yeah, keepers. You know, for sure. Mm-hmm. Long neck, big head, long body. Club feet. Bag of shit. Club feet. Club foot. Back like an aircraft carrier. Short legs. Uh, you know what? It was, it was all right when I was playing. I like, not a lot going for me now. Uh, <laughs> well, on that's that okay, note, though. Like, That's okay. okay. Listen, it could be worse, right? Every, yeah, there's always could be worse. We could be talking we, to an audience of dozens in a garage in the midwinter during a pandemic. It could be a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we, I really like Everybody that listens. Yeah. Yeah, they're good guys. Both. If they're still listening now, we really like you. Yeah. <laughs> Tend to kind of just, the show should have ended 10 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of drags on a little bit. Drags on. It's like the party that never ends. And we're saying that, you know, when this podcast finally goes away, we'll probably still meet here. Well, so we will meet where we usually meet. Yeah. When we're allowed to. Just no mics. Um, with no mics. And just talk about the same inane bullshit. Yeah. Well, guys, I hope I, we can get together next week. Nice to, nice to see you guys. Yep. All right. That's definitely it. Um, thank you. This has been Footy Prime. Thank you, JC, for the wonderful opening. Thank you, Amsterdam Beer and DeanBlandale.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 